Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to a very special episode of the Dance Principles United podcast. We are together, which is so, so lovely, and we're recording live from our hotel room. Um, We are currently at the Gold Coast at the Royal Pines Resort, um, and we are guests and helping out running uh, the UCB Expo and Conference this weekend, which is a really interesting conference uh, for convenience stores and petrol stations, which, you know, as it may sound, as strange as it sounds to the dance world, we are learning so much here about Dance Teacher Expo and about how great businesses run, right? Yeah, totally. It's been an amazing, inspiring week so far, um, and we're still being inspired all the time. But what I love about it is, you know, just having a look at the different ways that people do things, Uh, We're looking at the setup and the set down. We're getting lots and lots of ideas for our expo and our expo vendors. And it's been just amazing so far, right? Like we're so excited and inspired. Absolutely incredible. We've been invited here uh, by a mentor to us who is teaching us behind the scenes exactly everything he does to run this amazing expo so that we can take it back to Dance Teacher Expo, um, which we're so excited about, um, which is incredible. It's always great to sort of see how other industries work, how, um, you know, how other people do it. And we're here with some of the big companies, you know, Coke is, um, Coca-Cola, you know, Peters, Nestle, all these really big brands are here, um, you know, exhibiting, presenting, um, you know, the, uh, the main sponsor of the weekend is Sweps as well. Um, so they're all here and it's really interesting to see what they're doing um, and to get ideas on how we can build our business as small businesses as well. We've spoken about that a lot on the podcast, that we love taking ideas from big businesses and, you know, relating it back to how we run our dance studios. Yeah, totally. And it's been it's been really interesting for Amanda and I because We've obviously been looking through the vendor um, room, which is absolutely epic. Um, And it's probably got around the same amount of vendors as what we have for Dance Teacher Expo. So it's been great for us to see how the space is laid out and all of the things. But what we found interesting is what different brands have actually bought to the event and what they're doing. Because, you know, obviously Coca-Cola has this huge thing Mm. with a proper floor put in and, you know, seats and TVs and all the things. But even some of the smaller vendors have put a lot of effort into just the fit out of their little stall. And tonight was the first night that the vendor room was open. It was very interesting for us to see which vendors were getting people visiting them and which not so much. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, how that relates to a dance studio is really what we were kind of getting to. And, you know, sometimes it's the little things that count, right? It's not always about how much money you have, because we know as a studio, you don't have the same amount of money as Coca-Cola. There's no doubt about that. Um, However, there are some great things that you can do that really encourage people um, to have that great first impression, because you really only get one first impression um, at any business, at a stall, at an expo. It doesn't matter where you are. First impressions count. They totally do. And I also think as studio owners, like majority of the time, I think people go into a class or kids go into a class and the teacher is amazing and the class is amazing. Like 
I don't think there's that many classes where that's not going to happen mm. in your studios, but that's not necessarily what the parent sees. Mm. And so I really wanted our studio owners today, you know, inspired by this expo from Amanda and I to think about what the journey of that parent is like when they first walk in the doors, what do they see and what happens? And Amanda and I are very big on this in our studios and I'd love you guys to reflect and look on it in your studios. So, you know, Amanda, I know you don't have your studio anymore, but when people first walked in, I know the feel of your studio because mm. I've been there was so epic and amazing um, and not necessarily in a monetary sense, but there were smart things you did like your front desk, which I totally copied, which I'll let you talk about. But, you know, it wasn't necessarily the normal front desk where someone's sitting behind it, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'll jump into that. But I want to also talk about, you know, something that one of um, our mentors said to us last night, which was, how did you dress for your first date? You know, um, Darren, who's here with us at the moment, who is mentoring us through our Dance Teacher Expo process, actually specifically asked Beck. Uh, Beck has a reasonably new partner of a couple of years mm -hmm. and said to Beck, what did you wear to your first date with Tim? Mm. Is it what you're wearing now? Mm. Is it what you wore at home on Saturday night the other night when you were having a night at home? Of course not. Yep. You dolled yourself up. You looked beautiful. You made sure the makeup was on point. Your hair was done. All the things because first impressions count. Right. And, you know, I think that's so important, right, because as much as we pretend we, you know, that it's what's on the inside that counts, no different to our dance studio, it's what's in the classes that count, mm. it's not. Yeah. The reality of our society is it's not. People care about the looks of things and people are visual creatures. Mm. Everyone should be putting their best foot forward, whether that's on a first date with a partner or the first time someone walks into your studio. Mm. You want to pre be presenting your best foot forward. And, you know, we've all been into those stores before, um, whether they're, you know, I, I like to use the example of cheap stores, right? Mm. You know, we all know those $2 stores. Mm. And we've been to, you know, a $2 store or a cheap shop or whatever you want to call them that looks lovely and is set up quite well. We've also all been to another kind of $2 store where the shop's a mess, there's things on the floor, the merchandise is everywhere, you have no idea how much anything is. Like what are your impressions of that store? Like it's really hard. You know, obviously you go in there for the bargain or whatever, but you don't hold that store in high esteem. Yeah. Can I just say as well though, I think when we're taking our children to something, mm. I like – you feel icky about your children going somewhere that feels dirty. Like if yeah. I think about even a preschool or something like that, like the smell of it, the look of it, the feel of it, it's it's so important to parents that their children are going somewhere that feels clean, mm. that feels safe, that feels nice, you oh, know. Sure. Like you don't want to leave your children somewhere that doesn't have that feel, feel about it. it. Oh, for sure. And, you know, children are most people's most precious possession. Mm, mm. It's the thing that they care most about in the world. Of course, rightly so, it's, it is their children. So they want everything to be perfect for their children always. Mm. And, you know, that's why our first impression counts. That's why you need to be presenting a beautiful, clean front. And, yes, it's really nice to have all the high, you know, we can talk about the high tech and the gadgets and the gizmos and, you know, all the bougie stuff in the world, but it's not always money that actually counts. Sometimes it's just a really clean, simple um, look of things, which is what we saw in the stores, right? Yeah. You know, Red Bull, for example, today, 
their stall didn't have as much money in it as Coke, as a whole heap of other, you know, a whole heap of other brands that were there. But it was neat. Mm. It was clean. It mm. was simple. Mm. And that made an impact. Yeah, totally agree. I actually loved the Bega store, yeah. um, which was one of the first ones that was pointed out to us as them putting effort in. Now, did they put the same amount of money in as Coke? Nowhere near, but they had just put little details in that made a difference. So they had like a little grass floor down. They had kind of a black table and chairs. Mm. And it was themed too, right? It was it, themed. It, it, it's bigger that- um, as in like bigger cheese, cheese and, and yeah. you know milk and that kind of stuff. And it was definitely had that like rural kind of theme yes. and it, so it all fit together. Yeah, and it had that country feel but yeah. kind of that high-end country feel and it just mm. was simple little things they'd put together that made it really appealing. Mm. And I think as a studio you could do that as well in your waiting area. You know, I I think you need to think about when you walk up the stairs or when you go into the studio, you know, is there a nice weight area that feels a little bit nice? Is there a sign maybe saying what you're about? Is there, you know, there's little things that you can do that makes it look nice and pretty and Mm. even just a fresh paint job. Like I think sometimes just a fresh paint job in the actual waiting area could make such a difference. Yeah. You know, I know it's a couple of hundred dollars, but that's what was interesting today. So the guy who was showing us around the expo room said to us, some of these people have paid $35,000 for their space. Obviously, you know, it's a really high-end expo, yet they won't pay the extra 2000 then to make their booth mm. look really special. And it's like, why pay the 35 if you're not going to pay the extra two? Yeah, it makes no sense. Like he, he pointed out a company um, to us and they literally had – a couple of like, you know, A4 printouts with yeah. blue tack, <laughs> like stuck on the back side of their uh, stall. When they've paid tens of thousands of dollars for mm. this stall to not spend that extra little bit, it just makes sense. It makes no sense, right? And it's the same uh, for us as studio owners. Right. If you've spent hundreds of dollars marketing, thousands of dollars marketing, you really want to make sure that when people come into that that space, that they have that best chance of success, that they see you and go, oh my God, this is the place I want to be. Making sure that everything you do is making it look fantastic. Yes. And I was even saying to Amanda before, even the way that your staff are dressed. Mm. So, you know, the expo guys here, we know who all the expo people are because they're all in the exact same red t-shirt and red shoes. So we know who we need to go to to ask for help or all all the clients here do. Um, And I think that's how your studio should look. You know, I'm very big on uniform in my studio and I think your staff should be in uniform. My staff will wear shirts that say my job is creating confident kids, especially my preschool staff. But just being and looking the part and looking immaculate is so important. When Phoenix goes to swim school, all the swim school teachers have their T-shirts on that have the dive-in stuff on them. So it's just then the clients in your school knowing who your staff are. That's important. For sure. And your staff looking immaculate and looking the part. I think that is so important as well. Yeah, like first impressions count. It matters how you present yourself to the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, It matters, you know, let's be honest, it matters how – your staff's hair's done if mm. they have decent makeup on, mm. um, you know, if they look like they just rolled out of bed or if they had put some effort into how they presented themselves that day. Super important. So I have a confession to make. I am obsessed with bad reality business shows, something that I am so <laughs> obsessed with. 
I watch a little bit too much TV, don't we all sometimes? Yep. <laughs> it happens. So I am re-watching. I used to love it years and years ago and I've been telling Beck about it, a show called Tabitha Takes Over. It is a reality show uh, for uh, – it's an American reality show but starring an Australian woman who is a high-end hairdresser and she goes into hairdressing salons and fixes them, a bit like uh, – Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay going in and fixing um, restaurants. The same kind of idea, right? Um, and But she's great. If you need bad reality television shows, you could find the full episodes on YouTube. I highly recommend them. Maybe I should link to them in the show notes. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped for this now. So Tabitha takes over. I used to watch this. Oh, my God. It must have been at least 12 or 13 years ago that I used to be absolutely obsessed with this show. Yeah, right. And um, I'm re-watching it again. And one thing that she really talks about with, to all of the salon owners that is that she goes into is that we stop seeing the problems in our salons or in our studios, right? Mm. That it just becomes normal. normal. You mm. walk into it and you don't notice. Oh, there's a bit of chip of paint missing there. You notice it once and then it just becomes kind of blurred into the background Mm. oh there's you know marks from the chairs there and you just get so used to them um as the business owner as someone that's there all the time yeah and we all have that in our reception right we have you know chips of paint we have that broken table or you know that furniture that's kind of looking a little bit dated or whatever it is right there's a point there's you know I'm not suggesting that you need to be patching, you know, or fixing paint every three days because I know what it's like working with kids and kids mess up the paint jobs in the studios, right? Yes. But you need to look at it with fresh eyes and you need to see it as a brand new client sees it. Yes, I totally agree. And mm. I'm just thinking about me at my hairdresser and hairdressers that I've been to. And I'm such a person who will sit there and look at those sort of things, Mm. like look at the corner of the room and see that there's hair everywhere. Like I am so that person that's just like obsessive with that sort of stuff. But that it's again that first impression, right? Mm. Like you're going to walk in and see that first impression and think, is this somewhere that I want my family, my child, myself to Mm. be or is it not? Like, And think most parents would sit in the waiting area as well. They're not necessarily going to go into the class and watch, especially if it's an older child doing the class. I think most parents wouldn't go in and watch. And they are sitting in that waiting area and probably scrutinising over those little things that are there. They are big things though as well. They are. And you know, what that shows to a client is if they don't take pride in their wedding room, mm, mm. if they don't take pride in their business, are they taking pride in the education of my child? Yeah. I think that that's a really big thing that can come across. And so what I would love to suggest that you do is walk into your waiting room with fresh eyes, mm. notice it again. And look at it and don't just see past it because that's the thing, right? We all walk into our studio 30, 40, 50 times a week in and out and you just get – they kind of become blind spots, right? It just becomes normal that that chair over there is a little bit broken or that paint's chipped or whatever it is. But look at it with fresh eyes and have a look and see what can I do to smarten this up, to make Mm. it look a little bit more professional, Mm. to make it look a little bit more clean because Mm. I think Mm. cleanliness is a big thing. Uh, 
perhaps a little bit more trendy. And yes, if you have the money to spend, oh my God, go ahead, spend some great money and make it fantastic if you have that money. But if you don't, there are really cheap ways to do it. Oh my God. Kmart is amazing. I was just about to say that. <laughs> like even Kmart has so many cool little things that you could put in there. Like even the fake pot plants and stuff sure. like that that's very trendy right now that you can just pop around in and out. Um, like I said, you know, just going to Bunnings and getting a fresh coat of paint on some things yep. could make a whole heap of difference. Um, so that, yeah, there's lots of cheap options that you guys could so definitely do. Options. Um, and even just getting, you know, the printout stickers of things is quite cheap now. Like there's so many cheap ways that there's you can do stuff. There's so many great things to do. You yeah. know, I love looking at, um, like market stalls when you go to like Saturday markets or whatever. Yeah. So many of them are like decked out with Kmart. Right. No doubt about it. They use the light boxes or the pegboards. They use the uh, little wire baskets to put things in. And it all looks really like together, put together, fashionable. Like how could you do that in their studio? The other great thing like we have in our studio is really cheap. Um, look, I don't even know what they're called. I feel like they're magnet, um, like laminate kind of like covers that you put an A4 piece of printed paper in them, right? All right. Um, really cheap, like $5. You permanently um, attach them to the wall and then you just like pull them up like you would like an A4 sleeve, mm. put a piece of printed paper in them and then close them back down with a magnet. Looks so much more neater and put together. It almost looks like a poster board mm. just with an A4 piece of paper that you've printed off your printer. Uh, looks so fantastic. Rather than, you know, pieces of blue tack with pieces of paper that start to get ripped after a period of time, are falling off the walls, all of those things. Just little things like that really make a big difference to the feel of the studio. Yeah, I was actually saying to Amanda as well, like our front desk randomly yes. is actually a toolbox on wheels from Bunnings that we put a um, sign on to. So it looks really trendy because it's metallic and um, you know, it looks really cool, but it is a toolbox. It's got all drawers in it. What I love about it as well, and what I was saying with Amanda's studio, mm. Amanda really, when she did her waiting area, took Apple into contingency in her brain yeah. and thought, you know, Apple, there's a reason that all of their people are standing up in the store yeah. all the time. And so she didn't have a desk where you sat down. And I took that with the tool desk as well, completely stole it from her. Um, and so the staff can't really sit down at the tool desk. And so they're constantly standing up and walking around the waiting area. And I think that's really important as well. Mm. Um, but even if you guys don't have a waiting area, just think about that very first impression that people have when they walk in and how you can make that impression you know, special, whether that be the staff member looking amazing or yep. whether it be the waiting area, whatever it might be, how can you make that first impression better than what it is right now? Yeah, for sure. Just what can you do to make it just that little bit better? Mm. You know, um, interestingly enough, you know, Beck's talking about our desk and, and that was a big thing. Like, you know, I did do my waiting room up, um, you know, and it was a lot of money. I spent a lot of money on beautiful furniture, making it all look fantastic and all those things. But I definitely looked at like Apple, Combank, all those things that have the smaller desks rather than people sitting behind the desks. And funnily enough, I had a call with one of our Studio Growth Club members. I haven't even told you this back today. Mm. Um, and they were talking about, you know, the first couple of weeks, the craziness in the reception that's going on, all the things. And uh, how that, you know, that their reception desks were struggling. Um, so my suggestion to them is something that we have done is actually buying expo. It's funny enough, we're at an expo, but expo desks, those little pop-up 
desks. They're fantastic. If you look yeah. up Expo Furniture, yeah. you can get these little like semi-portable, collapsible, you know, they fold into a bag, like mm. a pull-up banner kind of a feel, mm. but with logos on the front of them, little desks. Um, they kind of like a kidney shape, just tiny for one person to stand behind. You've probably seen them at shopping centres and that kind of thing as well. Super cheap, like maybe like $300 or something like that. That's with, with your, printed With sign the printage yeah. sign around them. Yeah. So my suggestion to one of the Studio Growth Club members today um, was that they actually got some of those that they bring up at busy peak times of um, in their reception. So, you know, the first couple of weeks of term, you know, perhaps if when concert's coming up, whenever busy periods are at their reception and putting, because they have quite a large reception, rather than just using one reception desk, putting three of them up there and actually signing it like this is a new student check-in. It's about, this is for uniform sales, this, this desk. This desk is for, um, you know, returning students or whatever that is, you know, um, and using some desks like that and using those cheap desks that look fantastic. They're, mm. they're semi-permanent desks, mm. but they're only like three or $400. They're great. They have your signage on the front. You know, they're things like that that you can use in your studio that look really professional mm. rather than your desk, um, sorry, your front desk staff sitting behind like this really big old-fashioned, I hate those big old-fashioned desks yeah. where I feel sometimes staff hide behind them. They totally do mm. and it's something that we talk a lot to the staff about in our staff training with Studio Growth Club is, you know, being acknowledging every client when they walk in, not being that cranky person behind the desk. There's nothing mm. worse than that. Like you want to be that happy person who's always walking around and making everyone feel super special. And um, I was talking to, because Amanda and I did our one-on-one calls with Studio Growth Club today. I was talking to someone as well. And, you know, I was talking to them about their ICA, who's their ideal client. And I, I said to them, what? is what you're doing reflecting your ICA? Where does your ICA shop? Now, there are ICA shops at sort of, you know, Seed or um, Witchery or somewhere like that. And then I was talking to them more about their marketing. But I'd like you guys out there listening right now to think about your ICA, where they shop, and does your studio reflect their brand mm. like that you're not going to walk into seed and see paint chipping and no. a feral carpet with stains on it some buckets coming down because there's a bit of leaking floor and and an old-fashioned desk that's 20 years old like that would never happen no in seed or country road or any of these places that we think that our ICAs would shop right for sure and those kind of stores if they're the kind of market that you're trying to appeal to um, and the same kind of customers, that's what they expect. Something like Country Road, Seed, whatever, they get a makeover of store um, of their store every, is it about five years? I know you used to work in block stores. I'm pretty yeah. sure it used to be like, it was pretty much like they had to be done every five years, totally. a lot of those big things. Yeah, totally. They have to be completely refreshed. So how long has it been since you've refreshed your studio waiting room? Mm. I'd love to ask you that. Mm. You know, once again, we know that you don't have the budgets of, you know, of country road or seed, like totally get that. But what can you do? Yeah. A fresh paint job, you know, perhaps it's getting the carpets cleaned, you know, perhaps it's just giving it a really good clean. Mm. Sometimes mm. that's all that it takes. And some new pillows, you mm. know, if you've got couches, mm. maybe it's just some new pillows with a new pillowcase that's a bit more funky, a new pot plant or a mm. new like funky plant in the corner. What can you do to like freshen it up if it's been a while? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, even if your ICA does shop at Kmart, 
Kmart still looks pretty cool when you walk oh, in. Like, doesn't it? Yeah, like, you know, they're smart about the way they position their merchandise. They make things look pretty. Um, I'm really strict on my staff with how our waiting area looks. Mm. And, you know, they tend to, my staff tend to leave their bags and things in and around the desk or on tables that are in the waiting area. And I'm really strict on walking in and just saying no, because okay, it's fine for our clients maybe who've been here for 10 years and know as well. But when a new client walks in, I want them to see how beautiful our waiting area can yeah. look. And I think that's really, really something that we all need to think about with our staff and be on top of. Oh, for sure. And something like, you know, going back to that example of country road or seed or whatever that mm. is, mm. you know, they have very strict regulations for their staff. Oh, gosh, their yeah. staff are not allowed to have a drink bottle sitting on the desk. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to, you know, have their handbag there. It's got to be placed in a certain spot. Mm. You know, there's all of those things to make sure that that desk always looks clean. They can't have things, you know, cluttering it. You know, there's lots of things that are going through it. They can't eat at the desk big one that's a big killer for me people Mm. should not be eating at a front desk ever um you know and all of those kind of stores have those restrictions in place so what do you have in place at your studio for the same reason because Mm. you know if i understand your staff have to eat i get that all the things Mm. however if a brand new client happens to walk in when their food's all over the desk, mm. when, you know, they've chucked on their jumper because it was a bit cold and they no longer have their studio T-shirt on, mm. when they're looking a bit sloppy, all those things, you know, does that lose you, that first sale? Do they come to their trial class and not come back? Mm. You know, that isn't worth it. So you really need to make sure that your staff is presenting the impression, that first impression that you want to be putting out into the world about your business. Yeah, I love what you just said about did that did they not come back? Because we... We always think that it's maybe the class that's the mm. reason that they didn't come back or maybe it's there's so many reasons to blame it isn't there but it could be as simple as the look just wasn't there for them and that's not the feel that they wanted. Yeah, and they just weren't wowed mm. at your front desk mm. because in reality it's the parents making the decision. Yeah. You know, it's not the kids it's not the kids in the class that make the decision. Yes, the kids have to have a great time for sure. There's no doubt about that. But the parents have to feel comfortable there. They have to love their first impression. And the parents aren't generally in the classroom. Generally, all they're seeing, depending on how you run your studio, of course, but generally what they're seeing is that front desk or, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you run out of a school hall. Um, we uh, work with Dancing with Marie, um, Marie, um, out there and we've been working with Marie for years. Mm. She's been working out of school halls for a, a very long time. And doing amazingly out of And it. does a fantastic job Yeah, because she doesn't have a waiting room, no, but she does make sure that that client's first impression is fantastic, even without that waiting room, right? Yeah. She uses those pop-up desks like we've talked about. Mm. She gives them great professional um, handouts and marketing when they arrive. She has someone there to welcome them. She finds ways around it. So, mm. you know, really think about it, you know, we are talking about the look and feel of a waiting room for sure, but mm. don't think that if you are, you know, you don't have a waiting room that you can't do this. There yeah. are other ways around it. Be creative. Well, I did many, many training sessions or staff training sessions with Marie's school and every single training session, her staff were all immaculately dressed in their uniform 
and their black tights on. They all looked the part. They all looked great. And, you know, she has a lot of staff. So mm. she probably had about 20, 22, 25 staff at that training session, every single one of them looking immaculate. Now, yes, she's working out of school halls, but... She's not anymore. She's about to move I in. I know. But that's not the point. We're talking about school halls. But I think this, <laughs> the fact that those staff knew even to come to staff training in that outfit, to me, shows a really caring feel about the look of her studio and that mm. first impression and you know that that stuff is so so important oh for sure so you know if you are a person that does not have a waiting room you know really really think about it there's other ways to do it yeah there's other be creative and make that first impression count mm. regardless of what your space is or mm. what you're working with you can make it a fantastic first impression it's the first date Doll yourself up, look fantastic, make sure your team are looking fantastic and you can really impress people. Yeah, totally. And, you know, learn from our expo guys today. When mm. we looked at the people who were getting lots and lots of people to their booths, it was the ones who put that yeah. little tiny bit of extra effort in. And, you know, dance schools are the same. I'm sure that there are parents who will try a few different dance schools in the area and see which one suits them. And the one that makes that good first impression uh, you know, not just the look of it, but also the way that they are treated when they walk in the door and other stuff, that's going to be the difference. And, and that was the difference tonight for sure. For sure. So first impressions count. That's yeah. the theme of today's podcast. <laughs> um, hopefully you got some um, ideas out of that. If not, just watch Tabitha Takes Over because you're really <laughs> going to enjoy that show. I highly recommend it. Uh, don't forget, early bird tickets uh, finish in one week for Dance Teacher Expo. It is going to be incredible. Uh, we have just under 50 vendors joining us as well as some world-class experts that are joining us uh, in both movement and uh, business seminars. You are not going to want to miss it. Check out danceteacherexpo.com.au and grab your tickets because we cannot wait to meet you in person. Yeah, we're so pumped, guys. We can't wait to meet everyone and, and chat to you all and engage with you all and just to have the best weekend. Thanks so much guys see you bye bye <laughs>